Welcome to the Time for the Good News podcast, the place where you'll hear nothing but good news. We are your hosts, Susan and Dan Grandfield. Welcome to episode three. Welcome to you all from a very Dreek Scotland. I'll get Susan to translate for you later. It, well, it's actually pronounced Dreek for a start, not Dreek. <laughs> okay, no problem. We have stories for you for this episode about chocolate. Chargers. Intriguing. Bookshops. A new YouTube sensation. Yeah. And poo. Mm-hmm. Jobbies. Yes. That's that's what you told me. You said you've got something about poo. I did. Interested to hear that later. And I'm going to save that one till last because I think it might keep people interested. Okay, good stuff. So do you want to do you want to start? What's yeah, your first um, story for the well, I'm going to translate what Dreek means because okay. we've got people who probably have <laughs> okay. never heard the word Dreek before. Okay. If you can imagine a day that is grey and damp and kind of heavy in the weather, it's Dreek. It's just Dreek. wet, generally yeah. just yeah. wet. Okay, that's a good description anyway. Yeah, it yeah. is. All right, moving on from wet. Hopefully, wherever you're listening to this, it's lovely weather. But if it's not, then hopefully we can bring a little bit of sunshine to your, your day listening to this. So I'll kick off with my first story, which is about a new YouTube sensation. Now, people have their own views on social media um, and, you know, social media can be for good and it isn't always for good. They've normally got initials instead of names or abbreviations like KSI or BMX, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. One of those. Uh, Not really. The name of this is Around Me BD. So, yeah, there are some initials in there. So, yeah, that was was a good shout. Okay, so... Cooking programs. Okay. Oh, right. Cooking okay. programs yeah. are popular the world over. Yes. I think you would agree. So Absolutely. Everyone, everyone loves a cooking Well, not everyone, but a lot of people love cooking programs. We've got MasterChef on at the moment, haven't we? We have. A lot yeah. of MasterChef. Um, and I think particularly in lockdown, there were a lot of interest in, you know, Great British Bake Off and all of these things. What is it? Why? You know, why mm. are people so interested in it? Well, a guy called Delwar Hussein um, in Bangladesh seems to have captured whatever it is that, creates this interest in, mm. in cooking programs. So he lives in a really small village in Bangladesh and he started just kind of for fun with one of his pals recording um people doing making street food. So just going around um you know recording little stalls for people who were making street food in Bang- Bangladesh and started just posting it on social media. And he found that people became really were really interested in it. And so he and his pal decided that they were going to do this do it with a little bit more thought and a little bit more um, effort so he started to film the the villagers and it's usually the women it's almost exclusively the women that are mm-hmm. making the food but w- he filmed them going and getting the food preparing it cooking it and then serving it and so the whole eating process it. Yeah. the whole process um and you think okay how interesting is that but i watched one of their videos and it's 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 incredible that the colors the sounds and and i'm going to say the smells obviously through you you know, can video enhancement, it. but you can really get a sense yeah. of it. So quite incredible. And there's loads of these videos. Um, and so it started off as something kind of as a bit of a, a hobby, but he would record the, the videos and then he had to take a six to 12 hour bus journey from his village, which I think is called Shilmuria, something like that, to the capital city, um, Dhaka, sit in an internet cafe that happened to be owned by his nephew and upload the videos to YouTube. So quite an involved process. Now, um, what has happened is that he's gone from, you know, this being a bit of a hobby to they now for on on their around me BD and Mm. the the BD Mm. is Bangladesh 
has 5 million subscriptors. Wow. So now there'll be an income coming in from that, from YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. So they've got um, ad revenue, which has enabled them to buy camera equipment. Yeah. And they buy the food that people prepare. So they they buy the ingredients. Um, And he now employs 50 people. Wow. He employs 50 people to help make the videos and the villagers. So the villagers that are preparing it, now instead of just filming yeah. them doing what they're doing, they actually get money. Good. Because um, yeah. I, I imagine Bangladesh is quite a low um, average income per year. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't actually look at that. But yes, I imagine it is. And so so people, so he's created jobs for people. Mm. He's created this platform for other people to interact and, and yeah. you know, you know learn about and, and watch this going on. So it's a bit, it's a cooking yeah. show primarily. But the extra money um, that, that, that they're making from the ad revenues is used to pay for healthcare, maintaining homes, um, cool. uh, toys for kids. So he's actually created this, cha- mm, and I think mm. it's actually now set up as a charity. Oh, brilliant. To okay, be able to do stuff. that. So it's not even commercial ventures. No, no it's just amazing. And what he says, so this is the thing, why, are, why do we love cooking programmes? People love food and are interested in food and cooking food. But what his programme has, has shown is that human connection. Yeah, so why would you sit looking at your you know phone or your device or whatever yeah. watching these women in this village in Bangladesh making food? But it's also bringing Bangladesh when you watch it. It's bringing Bangladesh the country and the culture into your home yes. as well, not just the food. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Fantastic. Great so, story. I like that one. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I'll, I'll post as I usually do. I'll post um, link to his YouTube channel on our website and um, for you to have a look at because there's many videos. I would say if you're vegetarian. there's a lot of meat and there's a lot of the production of meat so that might not suit everyone but even if you just watch bits of it it's 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 amazing watching these teams of women with the with these massive amounts of food and Mm. how they prepare it's it's just brilliant i just absolutely loved it fantastic that's a good one i shall tune into that yeah yeah so right let me ask you a question go for it how many charges have you got oh for goodness sake I stopped at about 12. I was going to see it. Like, where's yeah. it 10? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, toothbrush, phone, computer, watch even. We've now got charges for our watches, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. So the European Union, in its wisdom, has reached an agreement to require all electronics companies to use USB-C uh, as a standard connector on 15 different product types. Now, you had to tell me a while back when you bought a new phone what this USB-C cable is. So Yeah, USB-C is the new USB standard, which is a small round so the connector instead of the old square USB yeah. one that you've got in you know, the mm. microphones connecting to the, yeah. to the computer with. So, And it's for phone cameras, amongst things, phone cameras, headphones, and, and other products as well. So they've done this to reduce waste and CO2 emissions caused by the production transportation and disposable of charges mm. so if you think in this house we've got about 25 mm-hmm. between us without mm. him you know that's incredible isn't it yeah imagine a family with you know three exactly. kids and all yeah, their yeah, charges yeah. yeah so these are the advantages one it should reduce material use by 2600 tons a year 2600 tons, tons yeah. yeah reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 180,000 metric tons mm-hmm. per year save consumers 250 million euros a year. Wow. So every year, 500 million charges are delivered into Europe. Every year, half a billion charges. My goodness. Which generates just Europe. Just Europe. This is, yeah, Europe, which generates 11,000 to 13,000 tons 
of e-waste. Now, I think the the population of Europe is 500 million. Ooh, well, not far know. off. So it's, it's a, yeah. a charger for every human being. Is yeah. that Every year, everyone's getting a new charger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a long article, so I've gone through some of it. But who are the main contenders? Apple. Mm-hmm. So Apple, who've actually changed their plugs to USB-C, yes. but maintained their lightning con- connector. Uh-huh. They were the ones that uh, put in a complaint or an objection about it because they make billions from accessories yeah, every course, year. Yeah. yeah, people losing it, buying mm. a new charger, da 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 da, da. Um, But the, this is part of the EU's Circular Economy Action Plan. Now, we've talked about circular action plans before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, which provides initiatives along the entire life sort of products from design, promotion of circular processes, sustainable consumption, and aiming to ensure that the resources used are kept in the economy for as long as possible. Brilliant. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love one charger mm-hmm. or two chargers. I mean, instead of all these different ones we've got. And to be honest, if I think about it, I can probably use one with various others. Mm-hmm. What What I will say about Apple is they don't give you a plug now. No. They just give you a wire. So I suppose in a way that's a step forward because mm-hmm. you can maintain a plug with a USB-C connector yeah. and just use the wire out of it, Yeah. even though they're, they're using their lightning connector. Mm. But I think, uh, you know, simple things like this, but it does involve government legislation because somebody somewhere will be making money out of making yes. multiple different types of charges. Yeah. So for some, it'll be a lot slightly anti-commerce thing, but actually from a waste perspective, it's a exactly. fantastic, simple move that the EU is going to put into place. Exactly. I think that's brilliant to hear. And that's the thing. I think that's a lot of what we share on this podcast is these re- sometimes relatively simple solutions mm. that are there that are happening and, um, you know, how they contribute to that, the whole circular yeah, absolutely. approach to things yeah. is um, it's, it's great to hear. It's and good. it makes things better for us as the consumer absolutely. as well. But it's, it's great to hear government actually doing something yes as well yeah. that's good news in itself yeah. we've actually reached an agreement yeah yeah and I'll, I'll be watching the rollout and see how that how uh-huh. it actually yeah translates onto the ground that'll be interesting to see yeah what, what yeah well because as we know here in scotland the plans don't always go the way they should that's it. the yeah. deposit return scheme has yeah, been yeah. delayed well, it's still coming but now it's march but yeah yeah it's good yeah. uh you know, it's a good idea, uh-huh. the idea of it. So we'll get there one day. But what we want to be doing here is sharing not just the ideas, the what yeah. people are actually doing. Absolutely. That's the key thing, yeah. yeah. Great. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my second story, which is I love books. Yeah. I am a real bookworm. And I know, I know lots and lots of people are. I do have a Kindle and I often read digitally, but you cannot, for me, you cannot beat a physical book. So when I came you across... can't smell it. can't smell a Kindle. You can, well, you can smell a book. It doesn't really smell of anything, yeah, but you can smell a book. But, it's just, yeah, it is. There's the tactile yeah, um, yeah. experience of it as well. And not just the reading of it, the buying it and, and everything. So when I came across this story, I just really, um, really loved it. Because um, I, I guess we can feel that we live in so much of a, such a digital world now that we're losing that the, the, the ta- tactile, tangible nature of, of lots of our experiences. So... This is all about the resurgence of bookshops, particularly independent bookshops. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How many physical books do you think were bought, purchased in the UK last year? Uh, 50 million. 669 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
What's the popular? That's 10 for every person yeah. in the UK. Well, I I personally know people who buy many more yeah, books than that. Every person means babies. And yeah, infant, yeah, yeah. You know. okay. yeah. Wow. I mean, I probably bought considerably more than that's than incredible. 10, but yeah, so 669 million. And the key thing is this is a record high. Right. So there's been six years of growth, yeah. and this is a record high. Um, so it's brought 6.96 billion, sorry, 6.9 billion pounds into the publishing industry. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm not so so interested in that yeah, side yeah. of things. It's it's the fact that people are going into bookshops book yeah, yeah, and yeah. they are buying them. So the Association of Booksellers, um, uh, yeah, the Booksellers Association, said the, non- the number of independent booksellers in the UK and Ireland um, has been rising. Um, and so there are now, so last year, 2022, there were 1,072 new independent bookshops opened in the UK and Ireland compared to 867 in 2016. So it is, mm, it is growing. Mm. Um, so I just, I, as someone who loves books, obviously I'm attracted to that. But I, I it, it, it really says something to me about um, wh- where we are as, as human beings in terms of our evolution. So there is so much digital stuff and you think it's often cheaper to mm. buy your book on Amazon. It's more convenient for many people to have all their yeah. books on a Kindle. Yeah. But yet many of us are still looking at the, the experience of buying a book. Um, so in the article, it talked about, you know, compare buying a book on Amazon to going into a shop, particularly, you know, an independent kind of boutique feeling yeah, no, um, bookshop. Yeah. It's totally different. And there's a... There's an article uh, in the article. There were, I think, five bookshops in the UK that were mentioned, and one was called the House of Books and Friends in Manchester. Um, so, if anyone from there is is listening, um, yeah, it's brilliant what they're doing there. So they've set up this um, bookshop. They've set it up as a community interest company, so kick. a kick, yeah. which means it's not for profit. Yeah. They invest all the profits back into social causes, and they were set up. Uh, they set themselves up not just as a bookshop to make money, but as a way to combat loneliness. Yeah, okay, like book clubs as well. There's there's a lot of and if you connection go, with books. Yeah, exactly. And if you go onto onto the House of Books and Friends website, it's just lovely. The invitation is come here, yeah. read a book, connect with people. You'll learn something new from the book you're reading. You'll interact yeah. with different people. Yeah. Um, and and they do all sorts of events, yeah. you know, to encourage people to to go in. So. Uh, yeah, that's a real well. That's what book, that's what book clubs are, aren't they? So that's that's a group that meets. It's not really necessarily about the book. Mm. It's about human connection, having discussion with people. Yeah, perhaps about the book that you're reading. Mm. You know? But it's also about being in a room with other people. Mm-hmm. One of life's simple pleasures is is going to a bookshop. If there's one place where you don't get pressured to buy anything. Mm-hmm. It's a bookshop. It's yeah. like a library. It's quiet. Yeah, there's normally a coffee place two mm-hmm. or three stories up, and yeah. you can. I like maps, you know, there's all sorts of things you can look at in a bookshop. Yeah. And I quite often, but people, we know in the hospitality industry, people buy with their eyes, which is why we have fridges set out in a certain way and as many yeah. products as you can behind a bar, like the new craft beer with the stickers on it, very colourful artwork on the labels. Mm. So buying with your eyes is a thing. Now, I think your point about holding a piece of grey plastic, which is a Kindle or mm. a laptop or a mobile phone and a book, I and mean, we, we have a connection with books as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Books are a positive thing. People that have burned books, like the Nazis, etc., you know, uh, you know, rev- reviled in history. Mm. And books are almost a sacred object, aren't they? Yeah. So it's great to hear people are still buying them, and and more people than ever before yeah, are buying yeah. them. Yeah, 
um, which is just uh, I, I I love it. And and um, you know, apparently there are there are people who are calling themselves book fluencers. No, oh, they media. got initials as well. <laughs> probably JPC have. And... So you know. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds great. Yeah, Good luck exactly. to the book fluencers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a chip. I like chips, so I'm a chip fluencer. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Sorry, for our American friends, that means chip French fries. French fries. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, just to pick up on something you said there about the connection. You know, my last story about the YouTube sensation in the Bangladesh village yeah. being about it's about the cooking, but it's about the connection. Yeah, it is, it's yeah. about the books, but it's yeah, about yeah, the connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. Right. Moving on. Right. So this is from one of our listeners, Stella, in the US. We're waving at you across the pond, from yes. across the pond, Stella. So thank you very much for this. This is the best story ever. <laughs> now, I have known this all my life, which is why my consumption of this item is so high. So dark chocolate consumption reduces stress and inflammation. There you have it, listeners. That's I knew why that. you're I knew so that chilled. That's why you're so chilled and laid back. As a human tell me. Like... <laughs> so the study took place in 2018 at the Linda Loma University Adventist Health Sciences Centre. Mega Boston Central. In yeah, findings from two new studies uh, show dark chocolate consumption reduces stress and inflammation while improving recovery, immunity, and um, I'm not sure what that says. Can't read your I'm writing. Sorry, writing. <laughs> something else. And something else, something mm -hmm. else positive. So the findings were presented at an experimental biology meeting in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, cacao seems to be the ingredient uh -huh. that's actually they've been studying. Yeah. And it needs to be at 70%. You know, when you go in the shop now, especially in this country, you can see it says mm. 70 on the front. Yeah. That's the cacao content. And the 30% sugar was organic cane sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's well known already about flavonoids, uh, but this was the first time the effect has been studied in human subjects to determine how it can support cognitive, endocrinal, and cardiovascular health. Hmm. Okay. So Lee S. Burke, DRPH, I think that means doctor and professor, <laughs> associate dean of research affairs and a researcher in psychoneuroimmunology. Oh my goodness. Wow, my head's swelling at this. And food science was the principal investigator. He's probably the chief, chief uh, food boffin of all mm. boffins. He mentions that we know how sugar makes us happy. We've known that for a long time. But this is the first time they looked at cacao. So it was a simple study that fed humans small chocolate bars over time. Mm. Sounds perfect. Yeah. I would, Boy, I would do that. I would pay them to let me be part of the study. <laughs> Didn't need to pay me. <laughs> So the pilot feasibility trial examined the impact of 70% cacao uh, chocolate consumption on human immune and dendritic cell gene expression mm -hmm. with a focus on pro and anti-inflammatory cytokines. I think I've heard of those. Mm -hmm. Cacao consumption was shown to upregulate multiple intracellular signaling pathways involved in T-cell activation. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of big words in there. Cell immune response and genes involved in neural signaling and sensory perception. This is all associated with brain hyperplasticity. Right. So Lee and his team have proven what I knew all along. Eat dark chocolate and you will feel better. <laughs> and you, it, it sounds to me like you'll be cleverer. Yes. Yeah, sounds to me like you'll be cleverer. Mm -hmm. So there you go, team. Get eating dark chocolate. Did they say how much 
Loads, said loads. <laughs> <laughs> like not a square. Said 100 kilos per person per year. <laughs> no, it was a small chocolate bar. When it says small, I think it's probably yeah. um, half Mm-hmm. A, a bar or a few a few squares of a large yeah. bar i would say yeah 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 but i didn't i didn't i wasn't worried about the amount so i just taking the headline yeah so I, that's fine <laughs> yeah. but that's a great story stella so thank you very much because yeah. it really is a great uh, thing i think i think all these natural products especially ones from leaves the mm-hmm. planet plants etc they've all got some kind of value haven't mm-hmm. they it's just when we haven't discovered half of them yet. Yeah. And it's one by one we start to discover. It's the big common ones that we seem to look at. Um, but we looked at the sugar before. Now mm-hmm. we're looking at cacao. And yeah. cacao is an amazing product. Think about the flavour it brings to so many things. Yeah. Don't eat 100%. Do eat 100%. <laughs> that, once. That, was, that was rough, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, but it's good for your health by the sounds of it. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's another of those herby planty good news stories that yeah. we all know they're good for us in some way shape or form but this has been proven now. yeah well do you know what the, without us even communicating about this you pointed beautifully towards my or made a perfect link to my next story which is so there's two elements to this so the poo bit is coming up poo. let me let me let me ease us into that um so this story has come from uh, a good friend of mine uh, jean nairn uh, a fellow scott um and yes thank you Jean um and this is about specifically the story she shared with me is about the wild biome project so Monica Wild during lockdown um spent an entire year eating just foraged wild food interesting and she did various gut by microbiome tests to see what was going on so she lived entirely on foraged food she's a forager she's like she knows what she's doing yeah I was um, gonna say it could be a bit tricky if yeah you know what no she really knows what she's doing um and she found that her gut health improved um she her bmi improved a colleague of hers matt was um doing this experiment with her type 2 diabetic and he regained pre-diabetic blood status levels good stuff now they're aware that that's it wasn't really a sort of controlled experiment they were just trying mm-hmm. it out for themselves but um felt that there was enough in it that they wanted to, to do more so they've joined a um a citizen science research study to find out more so it's being run in conjunction with the association of foragers didn't know there was right no, there is. Wow, yeah so um, they're basically doing a crowdfunding campaign at the moment cool. um so they've got 26 people who are going to be split into groups. So there'll be a control group, there'll be a group that are for eating just foraged food for a month and a group that are doing it for three months. And they're going to, the, the crowdfunding is to get the, the money they need to do the scientific tests. Yeah, um, to do the testing, and, send the blood away and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, you can read more about it. Um, it's, it's hashtag wild biome or hashtag wild biome project. Monica's written a book called The Wilderness Cure. And she, she poses the question, um, if you are what you eat, what happens when you add something wild into oh, your diet? Okay, yeah, interesting. So, okay. so interesting. So that's, I mean, it, the, hopefully there'll be some good news comes from yeah. that. For, for me, um, I, I, what I love about that is people who are willing to do these things. Mm. So as you just said, the, the natural world around us yeah. can offer yeah. us so much. Um, and so there are people who are willing to completely yeah. change the way they eat. Yeah. But it's also, it's the gatherer. Mm. you forget the hunter bit it's the gatherer isn't it so again if we go back millions or hundreds of thousands of years or whatever it is to to our ancestors that's what they were doing mm-hmm. gathering stuff from the world around them mm. so i think the human body is is built to eat that stuff 
not this, built to eat exactly. necessarily. You know, if you what was the book Homo Deus or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the birth of agriculture is actually quite recently, as in a few hundred thousand years yeah. or whatever. Whereas we're talking about food we used to eat. Well, exactly, and this is the point. Civilization, or whatever. And again, this, this isn't isn't new, um, new news. But you know, we we become as a as a as a race, we've become aware that species. our diet, a species, sorry, a species, um, our diet has um, it, it is a contributor to a lot of the diseases and illnesses yeah. that we see. Yeah. Leads me into the poo story. Poo. Adrian Egley, who is director or director of the Institute of Medical Microbiology in Zurich. Poo boffin. He's a poo boffin. Um, fecal boffin. He's a fecologist. <laughs> so he's a microbiologist um, who is storing poo. So imagine a massive freezer with poo in what it. What type of poo? Human poo. Oh. 3,000 samples he has at the moment, frozen oh. stool samples from all over the world, from Peru, uh, Ethiopia, Ecuador, various places. Oh, it's a world poo study. It's a world poo <laughs> study. Now, I was like, why is he doing this? What is this all about? Oh, Commander's got a huge amount to tell us. He is, by doing this, what he's doing is he's protecting the microbiomes, mi- no, microbiomes, microbes yeah. um, that may be lost due to our changing diet and, and our, our depleting uh, yeah, diet, okay, so yeah, more processed yeah. food affects. It's almost like a seed store in a way, yeah. Exactly. Oh, right, okay. Have you heard yeah. of the Svalbard Global Seed Vault? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was a great initiative. That was yeah. to, to keep all seeds. It's a bit like that. It's about, you know, losing knowledge, isn't it? So mm-hmm. keep the poo. Yes. What's in the poo? What benefits are from what's in the poo? Yeah. Um, and then people's diets and things change and you lose that that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So so he, his study um, is based around, it was inspired by the Svalbard um, Global uh, seed vault which is now 15 years old um they have 1.2 million samples yeah. from six over six thousand species of seed yeah um and so that's interesting so that's that's another story but but what they're doing there is you know they're 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 preserving these seeds that we could at some point in the future should we need to yeah. you know bring them back into um in, in, into our um uh, food system so what adrian is doing with the poo is he you know aware of the effect um basically it's like biodiversity loss yeah there's my um yeah. micro i can't say that word microbe yeah. diversity loss yeah in our our guts well if you if you think about history um, one of your favorite things pots and things like that that they dig up from archaeological yeah. digs things like that which have traces of food in them mm. yeah We've, we've made a lot of assumptions and things about what people ate and how people live based on biological samples that we've found. Mm. And it's the same with feces. You know, feces yeah, has yeah. been used mm. to show what people were eating and, you know, how what their makeup was mm. and, you know, and how that's affected. You know, it's used, it's used quite a lot. So it does actually make a lot. Of, I know I joke about it, but it uh-huh. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, our processed foods, our lifestyle, antibiotics are all affecting yeah. Yeah. you know this diversity of our of our the microbial diversity so because yeah. i imagine one day they'll be able to probably with a with your genetic picture we'll be able to build the perfect picture of your gut mm. flora and fauna of how yeah. it should be for optimum health yeah i think that's probably a few hundred years away mm. but that once then you know because you can now read someone's individual dna mm-hmm. then someone will be able to relate that to the food that you you know and all that yeah. jazz and what food's good for you what food's bad for you and, and treatment of diseases in the future yeah. as well yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. so again for me it's just 
there are people out there in the world doing amazing things. I mean, who would have thought about storing poo in your freezer? I'm not suggesting people do this at home. He's not got a big chest freezer in his house, is he? I didn't describe exactly where it is. But... I think it's slightly more medically <laughs> yeah, uh, sanitary than so. so there you go. We'll we'll leave you that. So stories about chocolate and chargers and poos yeah. and YouTube and books. I mean great selection this time. Yeah. Enjoyed it. There we go. So well hopefully everyone who's listening enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And as ever, please share the podcast yeah. with people who don't yet know that we yeah. exist. Yeah. Share your stories like Stella and Jean. Yeah, we, brilliant. We love Great it when stories. we hear other people's stories. Yeah. And when we when we explore the stories people send us, it then opens up a whole new world of things we weren't aware of. So Absolutely. um you can subscribe on our uh, website, um, follow us on Facebook, get in touch with us. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um you'll hear from us again soon. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>